sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series. Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. Play it. The Cubs win the World Series. You are locked on Cubs. Your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. But we didn't come here to drink beer. We came here to win this ball game. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I said to the Uber boy, I said, take me out with the crowd. What's going on, Cubs fans? You were listening to Lockdown Cubs, part of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Sean Sears, and on today's episode, we are going over the non-tender deadline as we have news and reports as the Cubs have officially non-tendered Kyle Schwarber, Albert Almora, infielder Jose Martinez, and right-handed relief pitcher Ryan Tapira. So big news, obviously, being Schwarber and Almora, non-tender. We talk about that with Ryan Davis as we go over mainly the Schwarber move, as I think that surprised most people as we kind of try to decide if this is a move for financial reasons or if it's a move for you know possibly to change this roster up. We don't quite know yet, and we won't really know the whole picture until probably spring training starts, whenever that would be. But at least at the moment, Kyle Schuber and Albert Armour are no longer Cubs. So we're going to take a look at who the Cubs did tender contracts to, what we could expect from some of these players that are still on this roster, and maybe go over some options that could replace Kyle Schuber if that's the direction. But we, we talk heavily about whether this move really is financially driven solely or if this is a, 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 a move that could be coming in succession with other moves too. So we'll talk about that with Ryan Davis today as we uh, try to make sense of these non-tender moves from the Cubs. But before we jump into that, we do have to mention our sponsors, Built Bar. If you head to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON to save yourself 20% off on your next order of Built Bar. These are some of the best tasting protein bars you will find that are healthy for you too. So head to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON. And then check out the one of our newest Lockdown MLB podcasts. It's the Lockdown MLB Prospect Show. If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects, we have the podcast for you. Lockdown MLB Prospects, hosted by the minor league play-by-play voice, Aram Layton, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. For team focus, farm system breakdowns, prospect rankings, interviews with some of the brightest up-and-coming stars in this game, Lockdown MLB Prospects is the best way to stay plugged in on the future of your team. Subscribe today, wherever you get podcasts. Check it out. Aaron Layton, awesome dude. He's actually our Lockdown Marlins host as well. Um, does a great job of talking to some of these prospects. Has gotten a good amount of them on. A good amount of the 2020 prospects as well have been on the show already. So if you're looking for your favorite prospect and you haven't seen Arms talking to him, tweeted him. He loves getting ideas of prospects to talk to. And honestly, a lot of them don't have a lot to do. So Arm loves getting them on the show. So check it out. But with that, here is our interview with Ryan Davis as we discuss this non-tender deadline. Hey guys, Sean Sears here from Lockdown Cubs to talk to you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is one of the best tasting protein bars I've ever had. I know I talk to you guys about this all the time, but Built Bar is not only one of the best tasting protein bars with flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake. It's a new one I've been trying. Uh, Those are all new flavors, but they've got their original flavors too, like peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie. I love mint brownie. That's been my breakfast of choice the last couple of years, or a couple of years, a couple of months now. But the bars are 100% covered in chocolate, super easy to chew, soft. But the best thing about them is they're healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy, uh, losing weight, whether that's losing, maintaining weight. It's a nice treat to indulge yourself with. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-fiber, high-protein. It's great for the keto diet if you're trying to lose weight during uh, 
quarantine here right now, but take for instance the uh, cherry baraka, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs. That is incredibly healthy for you, is good for you, obviously, but also tastes really good. It's a nice snack to have throughout the day. It's better than me chewing on like, I don't know, a donut. I'm a big fan of goldfish and chips and crackers. It's nice to be able to just eat one of these protein bars. I'm relatively full. I don't snack throughout the day and I'm ready to eat dinner later on in the day. It's nice. I don't spoil my meal and my girlfriend doesn't get mad at me when I don't want to eat the dinner she just made. But <laughs> Built Bar has the promo code locked on to get yourself 20% off your next order. So you head to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on. You save yourself 20% off your next order of Built Bars. They're delicious, they're nutritious, they're easy to bring anywhere on the go. Great snack for work from home. Head to builtbar.com, use promo code lockdown, save yourself 20% off, and give these guys a shout out. They've been doing awesome work for the Lockdown Network and are making some of the best protein bars you'll ever have. All right, Cubs fans, today is the day. It has come, it has passed. The Cubs have gone through the non tender deadline. I am Sean Sears. Joining me is Ryan Davis. Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. I'm I'm coming to grips with some of the moves that they made. Yeah. Um, so let's dive into it. The Rockets just traded Russell Westbrook for John Wall. What's that about? No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I know. Crazy. I'm, that is a move that happened, but not what we we're talking about here. But yeah, yeah no, here obviously. I'm, here I'm locked on Washington Wizards. <laughs> everyone's dying for the wizard takes um but obviously the cubs big news here today the the, the biggest names uh kyle schwarber and albert almora have been non-tendered um along with infielder jose martinez who we knew earlier in the day was being non-tendered to ryan tapira they did offer contracts to javier baez chris bryant ian happ victor carantini and wilson Contreras, and they did also or they they tendered contracts to those guys and then they came to terms on a deal with colin ray dan winkler and left-handed reliever kyle ryan so uh roster stands at 34 players and out of the 40-man roster we knew it was going to drop a little bit after today but the big news obviously schwarber now more uh, more more specifically schwarber uh, being non-tendered what uh what are you what are you thinking on this man well uh- I, I think it's kind of sad that that's where we are, that, you know, Schwarber made, I think, uh, before the proration over the 60-game season, uh, he was scheduled to make $7 million last year. And so you would think in arbitration, that means he's probably getting a raise to between 8 and $9 million uh, for next year. Um, and, and that's not outrageous baseball money, especially for a guy who, if you, you know, if you look back at his most recent full season, uh, in 2019 was fairly good with the bat he hit 38 home runs um, you know got on base about 340 uh, played decent defense in left field you know a you know above average hitter a 122 OPS plus so if you're thinking that is maybe somewhere between his 2018 and 2019 is the expectation for what you could get in 2021 eight million dollars is really not uh, a big price to pay for that so Mainly, I'm just sad that they've determined that letting Kyle Schwarber go for nothing uh, is better than paying him that money to be on the team next year. But I know we were talking beforehand, we, sh- we should bring up the point that uh, just because they non-tendered him doesn't necessarily mean he's gone. Right. Uh, it, it, it definitely doesn't. And uh, I know you were you and I were talking beforehand. The Cubs could possibly restructure a deal uh, with 
with Kyle Schwarber. I know there was a tweet from Gordon Whitmire that kind of explained that players aren't allowed to make less than 20% of their perceived value. Uh, so for the evaluation for Kyle Schwarber, about $7 million. He's projected to make somewhere between 8 and $9 million, like Ryan was talking about. The Cubs wouldn't have been able to pay him less than 20% of that $7 million, essentially. So by non-tendering him, it allows those restrictions to drop and the Cubs can get more flexible with the deal. So there's potential to be here. And, and obviously, if Gordon Whitmire's reporting that, the Cubs must be putting that out there to some extent. Does it mean it's going to happen? Probably not. We don't really see a lot of these deals happen like this. If someone's getting non-tender, it's usually kind of uh, the the two sides are splitting and going their separate ways. So there, there's hope, and he's probably the only guy the Cubs non-tender that they would try and re-sign, right? But I guess in terms of like what you get from non-tendering Schwarber, yeah, this is tough to swallow because – Like, I mean, this is a number four overall pick. (laughs) This is David Poppy in left field. David Poppy, geez, big Poppy. David Ortiz. Uh, (laughs) David Poppy, of course, you know. I I know Um, everyone. Who doesn't know who David Poppy is? (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Uh, But yeah, obviously, this is big Poppy in left field, and they've they've just non-tendered him. So it's going to be a tough to swallow. But yeah, I mean, if the Cubs can restructure this deal, that's great. But if it's a true just non-tender move, and they just cut Kyle Schwarber for $7 million, um, what are we doing here, man? I mean, uh, I, I, I mean, guess those are the kind of moves you make when you're doing a rebuild, right? I mean, you just, mm-hmm. you know, if a guy doesn't have the trade value you want, you just don't pay him the money because you're not intending to win. Now, is there an argument that there may be guys that they could pay eight to $9 million on the open market, uh, that put them in a better position to win in 2021? Yeah. I think that's, that's a reasonable thing to say that there's somebody out there they could get for about the same money who might give them right. more, more value than what they got out of Schwarber. Um, so yeah, that there, there are all kinds of arguments. And again, it's unlikely that they come to a deal uh, because you're right. Typically when these things happen, it's kind of a bitter goodbye. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the Cubs specifically have a need in the outfield. Uh, they need a guy who could, especially if there's the DH this year, they need bats. So especially left-handed bats. Uh, so Schwarber makes sense for them. It's just that they don't want to pay that number. Now, if he, you know, if the best he could get is five and a half million dollars uh, for one year on the open market and the Cubs think, OK, well, we'd pay five and a half million for you, just not eight and a half million. Um, I, I think there is a possibility that he says, you know, what, for one year, I'm comfortable here. I know I'm going to get the at bats. I think I can work through it here and, you know, then hit the open market next year and no discounts for the Cubs at that point if he if he gets a big offer. So uh, that's the kind of scenario I walk through in my head where I think this this could work uh, if everybody wants to make it work and, and if Schwarber is willing to accept um, an offer from the Cubs. Right. And that's, that's really kind of – I think that'll be kind of what – I, obviously for Schwarber's situation at least that'll that would be awesome if they could find a way to make that work in that situation because I mean since 2017 Kyle Schwarber's had a, a weighted run creation plus of 120 since 2017 coming back from that stint down in Iowa where he spent the almost every I think it was like the entire June there or something like that but yeah. um, made that comeback whatever since that point that's 100 and, you know 120 rated, weighted runs creation plus it's going to be tough to replace that especially if you're talking about paying a guy somewhere between five and a half, six and a half to seven and a half, eight and a half, whatever that be, anywhere in that price range, you're going to, it's going to be hard to find someone 
who's creating that many runs for that much money. So like, it's tough to really get better with Schwarber. And for me, like, like you said, there are options out there, but if the Cubs are cutting money, you're, you're not going to see those moves. So I, I think that'll, we'll kind of see if, if this is a truly a goodbye for Kyle Schwarber. I think the next question is what do the Cubs do to replace his production? Because they're going to need to. And they, like you said, there's a need in the outfield. They just picked up an outfielder, and I, I am not going to try and say his name uh, because <laughs> I think it's Michael Herm- Hermosillo. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I you're might, right. You got it. Hermosillo. Okay. Okay. So, And he's obviously a, a pretty good left-handed hitting or a good left-handed hitting pitcher. Jeez, if I could talk. He's a lefty specialist. He's right-handed, good at hitting <laughs> lefties. I can't talk today. But what I'm trying to say is that uh, – you know, you'll be able to tell the direction the Cubs are going by who they go after to replace Kyle Schwarber if they do at all. If it's truly a salary move, though, I mean, they're not going to find someone that's comparable to Schwarber, and they're going to take a step back. So, but right. like, the, there's options out there, I guess. You know, we we mentioned uh, uh, Eddie Rosario was a guy. David Dahl just got cut or just got non-tendered from the Rockies. He could be an option. So, like, there are some names popping up, but even still, like. What what what's better than Kyle Schwarber if you're trying to win right now? I guess in that situation, if you're comparing him to David Dahl, you probably want Kyle Schwarber, right? Especially if the money's the same. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'd I'd have to remember how old Dahl is. For some reason, I I think he's a couple years younger than Schwarber, right? Um, I think so. I'm looking it up right now, actually. Yeah. But he's 26. Yep. Okay, so he's maybe maybe a year or two younger than Schwarber. Um, yeah, Schwarber's 27. Yeah. And uh, David Dahl was also uh, very good until this year and basically 100 plate appearances. Um, Again, he hits at um, Coors Field, but he had, just looking it up here, uh, 111 OPS plus in 240 career games um, with 38 home runs. That's pretty good. Um, Yeah, that's not bad. (laughs) I don't know how good he is in the outfield, but... Um, for some reason, I think he, he had played center field for them. Is that right? He's actually a pretty good outfielder. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he, yeah, he played a decent amount of center field. He'd be playing in a ideally left field, uh, replacing Schwarber. So yeah, there's a guy that, uh, I think, you know, would be worth uh, a little bit of money on the right deal. Right. So like there, there are options you can improve, but if it's a salary move, like David Dahl's a former all-star, like he's probably going to get paid. Maybe, I mean, he's obviously not going to get a huge payday, but he's probably going to make somewhere about the money the Cubs just gawked at for Schwarber. So I, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't see it happening, but there's our options there. Maybe the market plays in their favor and they can make something work. But um, I mean, the Cubs have already shown with the, with the, the signing of Hermosillo that they're, they're not afraid to maybe give a little extra if they can get a guy they really like back. So, you know, there's options here. Um, I guess moving away from Schwarber, I guess before we move from topics, is there anything else you wanted to mention about the Schwarber non-tender move? Uh, no, I think we covered the main portion of it. It's just sad because, you know, the guy for as much as it was unfair when people started publishing things about him, being Babe Ruth and and all these things that were just oh, complete man. complete nonsense, um, but yeah, the, it was unfortunate that he got hit with that. He got hit with that knee injury that took away a year of development, and then even worse for him uh, in this situation, he was able to make it back to the World Series and play a huge role in them winning, which kind of mm-hmm. made him just this legend in among Cubs fans at least. And then he was never really able to 
live up to it. He was able to d- develop and have some, you know, decent seasons, but you know, never anywhere close to the expectations Cubs fans had for him. Right. I mean, they saw Kyle Schorber as a guy that's going to hit 350 home runs. And it's like, (laughs) I mean, this guy was really good, but I mean, wow. But I mean, that being said, when Kyle Schorber came up in 2015, like that guy was hitting against the shift. He was mashing home runs. He came up in his debut and had, what wasn't it like six hits or something like that? He was like four for seven or something. I forget what his debut is, but just piling on the hits it was like what in the world is going on this guy is insane and he apparently was a catcher right (laughs) like uh it was just a crazy story and then you heard more and more about the Epstein talking a lot about him and then obviously the world series run came and the year though it just like he said the the expectations for schwarber were just unattainable but he was still if if this is goodbye for schwarber i mean gosh was there a, a more fun dude to watch hit some home runs? He had some majestic bombs. Yeah. Um, when he would hit them, they were really fun to watch. Uh, the problem is, it, by and large, he didn't uh, he didn't hit them at a rate I think a lot of people expected. Uh, he did yeah. hit over 30 home runs twice, but um, didn't hit for much power in 2020. Uh, didn't really hit you know for a big slugging percentage until 2019. Um, so people were expecting more, you know, like either, you know, give us some doubles or, you know, he, he would hit home or, you know, 26 home runs is decent, but not when you only hit 14 doubles. Uh, so yeah, it just seemed like never quite was what people expected, which, you know, it is still a, a, like you said, that 120 runs W runs created plus whatever. I completely botched that stat. <laughs> WRC plus. There it is. Yeah. One, a 120 WRC plus since essentially coming back to the big leagues in 2017. That's really good. That's really yeah. good. And, and a lot of it is off of that 2019 season, obviously. But I mean, you and I were really excited to see what Schorber had to bring to 2020. Even in a shortened season, we thought him and Ian Happ had finished the season so well in 2019, despite the Cubs, you know, not making the postseason. Um, you really thought, I mean, like we, we've talked about it a million times in this podcast, but Kyle Schwarber was arguably more important to the offense in 2019 than the Nick Castellanos was down in the st- stretch. And that's saying something because Nick Castellanos was on fire and Kyle Schwarber was just as important, if not more important towards the end of those games, especially, I mean, he was on fire at different ports. He cooled off quite a bit in September and that, that part sucked. And I think that's the part people remember sometimes from 2019 at different aspects, but um he, he was he's still one of the what a, a fun guy to to watch hit some home runs really improve it was great to see him just make these big steps on the defensive side of the ball and really become a, a comparable left fielder um man it, it just would have been cool to see what could have happened if, if Schwarber didn't have so many weird bumps in his developmental road yeah and it's also worth pointing out that 2020 you can't really count 2020 as anything and, and mm-hmm. here's a really good example is that um 36 games into the season on September 3rd, Kyle Schwarber was hitting 238 with a 340 on base and a 516 slugging. That's good for an 857 OPS plus. And then he went into um, a span of 23 games, which is just over three weeks. Uh, what we would have referred to in a n- normal season as just like a slump, a, a 23 game less than a month slump where he hit 101 with a 253 on base and a 174 slugging, only one home run. Uh, it was basically just a slump. 
and that tanked his entire stat line uh, for 2020. And so really throw that out and just expect that he's more the 2018, 2019 guy and not the, you know, unimpressive 2020 guy. That's a valuable player. And, and again, it just, it's sad that, you know, people get so frustrated with him because they see him taking strike three and on borderline pitches and, you know, people get frustrated with nothing but strikeouts and home runs and, and walks, but, you know, it's not aesthetically pleasing a lot of the time, but no, <laughs> it's, it's valuable. It's it's valuable. It's very valuable in baseball, and it's sad that they're they're you know sending him away for nothing just because they don't want to pay the money. Right, and that's that's surely what it looks like right now on the surface because it's hard to it's hard to say you can make an upgrade from Kyle Schwarber if you're not going to pay him seven to nine million dollars yeah. um, for one season. So, but. There were other guys that got non-tender, just none of them that I think that we we were quite as sad to see, uh, at least in terms of like players that had endeared themselves to a fan base. Yeah. But you talk about Albert Almora, obviously, you know, right. had great, you know, had good moments for the Cubs, but obviously getting non-tendered. Jose Martinez and Ryan Tapira, guys that jumped on last season. Tapira found some success, and you know he was kind of a strikeout or meh sort of guy but he's the guy who was martinez the, he, he's the guy who got the mvp vote right? <laughs> yeah yeah he's yeah mvp candidate ryan Trapira. um <laughs> with uh yeah his like the fifth best era in the cubs bullpen yeah i don't know what what a weird what a weird year um what do you think about the Jose Martinez move? I know you and I had both kind of thought this again. This is a guy that you wouldn't have been upset to see stick around a little bit, but I guess they found other bats they like, right? Yeah, and I, I guess um, he made again the the he was scheduled to make two point one million dollars last year. You, mm. you can't imagine he was going to make more than three million dollars this year. And Again, Cubs fans don't be skewed by 21 plate appearances where he didn't pick up a hit with the team. Uh, right. You know, he played 34 games with 98 plate appearances in 2020. So throw it out and look at, you know, what his career was before that. And with the Cardinals from 2016 to 2019, he hit 298, 363 on base, 458 slugging with 41 homers and less than 1,300 plate appearances. So a really good hitter and a guy who, um, if if you had if you needed one uh could be a, a platoon hitter uh like the uh, another guy we were going to talk about uh the left-handed side platoon um that uh essentially i think they probably picked up that michael uh hermosillo to do mm. uh so I, I guess again they're spending less money for what they perceive both players value to be um but I don't know. I, I trust Jose Martinez to come in and have a better 2021 um, in, resor- in regards to being a role player and, and batting against left-handed pitching uh, than I do Michael Hermosillo, who's basically not proven to be able to do anything really offensively at the big league level. Yeah, exactly. Big league level. His his numbers look pretty good in the minors. And from what I read from some of the, the articles I'd seen after, it sounds like he was like a fast riser and got a couple shots at the major league with the Angels a few times, and it just didn't ever pan out on the offensive side. So, yeah, lefty crusher. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, have, I have no idea. what I mean, he seems like a he seems like a good guy and a good 
bat to have is maybe your fourth or fifth outfielder or a guy that's on your minor league roster. But at the same time, too, like what's Ian Miller? Then I don't know. I The Cubs do need a lot of upper level minor league depth. So I, I'm not surprised to see a lot of these moves happen. But yeah, yeah, I've got still kind of head scratcher. I've got a, a really good comparison for um, Michael Hermosillo, and that is um, if he is what he is, he, he's basically Matt Caesar. Um, but, but I think at his ceiling, he could probably be Reed Johnson. Reed Johnson. Okay. I'd be fine with that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, at at his ceiling, uh, right. Who who knows, who knows if he gets to ever be as good as Reed Johnson, but, um, (laughs) the great, we can, we can hold hope. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that's what Uh, you're shooting. I think, I think, um, you know, if he develops even just a little bit offensively he could be matt caesar for sure definitely no and that's and that's exactly what you're probably looking for for your fourth or fifth outfielder so but there is the cubs did make uh, a couple acquisitions today obviously michael hermosillo was one of them but the cubs picked up a pitcher that i think ryan might be the biggest fan of right now or at least (laughs) cubs twitter has already adopted him at least but um (laughs) what do you think of this new pitcher man (laughs) (laughs) It's funny, like uh, it's definitely right to describe that um, he. I don't. I. I guess Cubs Twitter didn't adopt him so much as he adopted Cubs Twitter. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he just like looked for it. I was like, "Are you sure you want to talk to these people, man?" <laughs> He's just a very real dude. Uh, he doesn't really hide his opinions on anything, and it's typically in a very light and funny way. Like, yeah. Like I saw him tweet to somebody like something about how he was going to get to everybody's tweets, but you know, just being honest, he's right in the middle of some world of Warcraft right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is a great tweet. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that too. And then like he took his Twitter avatar, which is a picture of him in a Red Sox uniform and used like Microsoft paint to put blue over it. And he wrote cubs (laughs) with the paintbrush. (laughs) it's just it's just funny stuff like that like he did a player acting like that on social media that's how it should be you, they should be having fun um yeah and making people so laugh like enter, be, entertain me right yeah give us something to talk about but uh robert stock the right-handed pitcher uh from the formerly with the red Sox, did find some success in 2018 with the padres um he's a dude that can throw pretty darn hard he's near you know, triple digits, uh, usually 97, 98, 99 on the gun, but has some control issues. Um, had an ERA with the Padres in uh, 2019 of 10.13, uh, F of just 10 innings of work, but a guy that struck out 12.6 batters despite that massive ERA. So he's got stuff that plays, throws relatively hard, controls a massive issue. He's got a career walk rate of 4.38. The last two seasons, he posted a Paul per nine innings of 6.75. Granted, 13 innings. He's a reliever. Those numbers are a little skewed just because of the smaller sample size and usage of a reliever. But, um, you know, he's he's a tri- he's a guy that could throw triple digits but just got non-tendered. So, like, what did you expect you were getting out of here, right? But right. Um, in- intriguing nonetheless. And at the very least, like, an entertaining dude on Twitter, which, I mean, I know you talk- You and I were texting about this earlier. If we could just get a bunch of guys like that on the Cups, they <laughs> – I might not be too upset when they trade Chris Bryant. I'll still be upset, but you know. Right. Yeah. The, um, the, the that, that makes it a little easier to swallow when they're going to want, you know, win 75 games next year. 
is when at least the guys like her robert stock are entertaining um he uh he tweeted that uh uh chris bryant's sparkling eyes were like one of the biggest reasons he signed with the cubs so that he would get to see him in spring training and i was just like ooh there's a stock yep. there's a stock bomb he's telling yeah. me chris bryant's going to be there in spring training at least stock bomb i'm all, i'm all for it robert stock face of the chicago cup franchise uh, less than 24 hours after signing, <laughs> after being non-tendered, and he's, he's oh, kind man. of a he's kind of a chubby guy too. He's just kind of he like is. he's comical in many ways. Just his personality matched with his physique and his face, it, it's perfect. He's just a yeah. a hilarious guy. Yeah, Robert Stock should be should be an exciting addition to this Cubs team. But um, I I mean interesting arm the type of arms you expect to find in a typical non-tender type of candidate but um i guess we'll kind of get a better idea of what some of the candidates or some of the can- or options the cubs may have for non-tenders we're getting more news as it's coming out obviously the deadline just passed we're recording this wednesday night deadline's about a half hour 45 minutes past now and we're getting more and more news but we'll get a better idea who might be out there for cubs options but looking at the guys they tender contracts now obviously we know for sure Chris Bryant and Javier Baez, Wilson Contreras, those guys are not getting non-tendered. We didn't expect them to, but now we probably see some of these trade rumors really start to heat up as Bryant's been involved in just about everything. Right. Um, I've heard as many as like 18 teams have shown interest in Chris Bryant, apparently. Like what? <laughs> also, what does interest mean? But, you know, whatever. Right. I'm, I'm um, surprised it's not more, especially if there's a DH in the National League where a team that yeah. already has a guy at third base might be able to you know, put Chris Bryant in left or rotate some people, you know, it it seems like it's more likely that, especially if there's a DH that pretty much every team would have interest. And I'm sure they do. I'm sure they probably do. There's no team. There's not a team in baseball. That's not going to, if they thought they could maybe acquire Chris Bryant, at least if they're competing, they're not going to at least listen. Who doesn't listen on a former MVP? Um, And (laughs) number two overall pick, whatever, number three overall pick, whatever. Um, But yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see how that plays out. I don't know what to expect from any of this. It, we keep hearing the Nationals, but I've heard like Rangers and uh, a few other teams tossed into the mix. Uh, the Mets, have, I've heard, played into that conversation too. So who knows what the heck's going to happen with that. But I guess now that we've gotten past this non-tender deadline, what's the next thing you're looking towards as like when we might maybe get an idea of what this team's doing? Um, I, I think it's just waiting out the free free agent market. Um, they're going to have to sign some people. They don't have the luxury of just saying, well, we're going to fill our rotation with triple A guys. You know, they don't, they don't have enough pitchers that are ready to step in uh, and still have any sort of real depth. Um, They look, I don't know if you remember this much, but the, like the 2006 Cubs right before they went out and signed like Ted Lilly and uh, Jason Marquis and, and really like filled up the rotation that team had like nobody but Carlos Sombrano, and then they traded Greg Greg Maddox midway through the year, and then like Wood and Pryor were injured, and like they just didn't have anybody to fill out the rotation. That that's really what it would look like, and it, I I can remember well that season was pretty disgusting, and I'm sure there's plenty of people listening who are, I remember what it looked like, but yeah, they they have to go out and find somebody, probably at least two pitchers who can eat up some innings and be a starter for them because it looks like, you know, John Lester most likely maybe won't be back. Um, yeah. 
unless he's willing to take a, a much smaller deal than maybe I thought he would need to take a week ago before I found out they were, you know, sending Kyle <laughs> Schwarber away for nothing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't. I don't know what to expect, man. But yeah, I mean, it sounds like the, I know the Giants were showing interest about a week or so ago. I would assume they probably, I mean, if they wanted to pay John Lester some money, the Cubs aren't going to match any deal above, you know, uh, and, and <laughs> apparently honestly, $7 million. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, yeah. And honestly, as a John Lester fan, I kind of hope that he chooses going to pitch in San Francisco over staying in Chicago um, because I don't know if the Giants are going to contend next year that that obviously is you know they're they weren't real good uh in mm-hmm. 2020 any or 2019 um well i guess they were close to 500 this year so who knows but the, the point is uh, i don't think they're going to be trying to win anything next year but uh lester would perform really well in that ballpark um he would the the fly balls that he gives up that you know go well out of wrigley field are going to you know, get caught in center and, and right center. So that's something that I think could really help him extend his career as pitching in a ballpark like that. And um, with the Cubs, I think it's fair to assume that he's going to have at least a couple games where the wind's blowing out and he just gets screwed on some of those fly balls. Yeah. Yeah. White Sox all over again. Don't need to see Jose Abreu on the North side against John Lester ever again. Ever, um. never, <laughs> never again. That dude wanted yeah. that. That dude needs to send john luster like a, a christmas gift for helping him win yeah. that mvp it helped too that that game was on espn too but man yeah i that can't i turned that game off after the, like the third inning it was like this is <laughs> this is just embarrassing um, but yeah I, I i i i'm feeling the same way too i think it's going to be another slow off season obviously spending wise there's not going to be a lot but i i think it's going to be a lot of teams just <laughs> combing through whatever comes out to see what they can, you know, perceive as value and try and fill positions while also trying to not spend very much money. And that's just a a combination of probably bad baseball coming here on the North side. I I hope that's not the case. And there's still hope for a guy like Kyle Schwarber to come back, but if he's not coming back, at least I I hope the Cubs get aggressive and, and go after someone like an Eddie Rosario or someone that's comparable to fill that spot, change the roster. Then don't just cut Schwarber for, you know, the savings, find a way to make it different or better or whatnot. And if that's what happens, I could get behind that at least. Like I, I understand why you might want to move a guy like Kyle Schwarber because you, you do have four or five guys in your lineup that sort of provide what he does. Maybe not in the same way, but you can find that similar production or similar type of player in your lineup already, if you're going to change it up and get someone different, you know, I don't know who that is. I don't know how much different Eddie Rosario is, I guess, but at least it's a different piece that you can try something different. And at least you could at least sell that to someone as opposed to just be like, yeah, we, we didn't want to sign one of the fan favorites in world series heroes because of $7 million. We just thought that was too much. Sorry. Yeah. You know, if they were going to go just a different direction with that spot uh, in the lineup, that would make at least some sense to me. If they were going to go out and get a left fielder for similar money to Schwarber, who maybe hits for a higher average and gets on base, but doesn't have the power that Schwarber does, that would make sense to me um, because they need those types of guys. I, I Isn't Michael Brantley a free agent? Um, he is. That, that's a guy who comes to mind immediately for me as a, as a guy who would fit for the Cubs um, gives you a lot of what they don't have in their lineup, which is contact, 
ion base, um, you know, that that's really what they need. And yeah. if that, if that were the deal, if it were, we were, we're cutting Schwaber loose because we need that money to pay for a guy like that. I can get behind that. I, I still don't love the, you know, uh, the rationale of, of cutting the payroll so much, but I, at least I can get behind that logistically. Um, it makes sense to, you know, sort of do a bit of a reset on the way the lineup is. And again, if you bring back everybody, uh, you're just going to run it back the same thing that we've seen the last couple of years, uh, mm-hmm. which I, I don't think anybody wants that. So change is needed, but it is frustrating uh, when it's happening simply because you don't want to pay a guy. Right. Like you have to think like I, even it, it, there has to be a swap, like a straight up swap trade somewhere for a Kyle Schorber for a pitcher, like, or like, or, you know, like a, just even just a Kyle Schorber for another guy who's kind of like Kyle Schorber, but different. Like there has to be some trades, but I mean, clearly there isn't if the Cubs non-tendered him, they must be nervous that they can't trade him and be saddled with paying, you know, whatever his arbitration salary could be if they were to go all the way through that. So I, I don't, I don't know what to expect, but yeah, if, 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 if this, is going the way we we're, we're seeing it as is now. Uh, I'll be very upset, but yeah, if Michael Brantley's here in like a month, I'd be fine with that. That's a near 300 career hitter. Like that's awesome. But yeah, that'd be know, great. And it's uh, it's sorry. Go ahead. I was going to just add one more point on Schwarber. Um, maybe it's better if he does get away from the Cubs, if he can go somewhere where he DHs part of the time. Uh, maybe uh, this is something that was never an option because of the team he was on but I think might be better suited for him than left field, but maybe somebody lets him play first base. Um, that was never going to happen because of Rizzo. Uh, but yeah, he played first base a little bit in college, I believe. Uh, I think that might be a more natural position for him and better for his knees than left field. Uh, not quite as much running. And um, so, yeah, that, that's something that I was thinking about. Uh, what do you think about that idea? No, I actually like that idea a lot. I, I know the Rockies played a lot, uh, played a little bit of the idea for at some point they were considering a, some type of trade that would put Schwarber at first base, or they tossed the idea around. I know the Yankees considered it too for a little bit when there was all those rumors about Schwarber being included in a deal for Araldis Chapman back in 2016. Um, it makes sense. I mean, he, he made the transition from catcher to left field and he looked pretty solid. I mean, this is a former linebacker and a guy that could have played, probably played. I know he probably could have played division three football, um, but he obviously went to Indiana to play baseball. Uh, he's an athlete. Like he doesn't necessarily look quite like your typical athlete. But Kyle Schwarber is, I mean, think of just like what Kyle Schwarber looked like. Like look at the highlights from 2015 and look at that. Look at his highlights from just 2017. Like that's a different body. <laughs> yeah. And that's just two years coming off an ACL tear. Like that's crazy that he's done these things. Like just talking about Kyle Schwarber as a person and what he's done to, to, to play baseball and also overcome a lot of these things is, is a really interesting kind of component to Schwarber that I think a lot of fans just will probably appreciate later on once the, the legend of Kyle Schwarber settles as a cub and you can kind of look as the whole story as a whole and you'll look back and be like, man, this guy tore his ACL and still did this number, put up these kind of numbers. That's insane. Um, but yeah, I, 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 am I would, I'd be super interested to see Kyle Schwarber at first base. I think that'd be really fun. And if the Cubs didn't have a guy like Rizzo, it'd be cool to see Schwarber play first, but you know, we do have Anthony Rizzo on a gold glover there. So that, right. <laughs> no, no reason, but yeah, yeah, I, I think Schwarber's a guy that I think if he were to leave Chicago, he's probably like a, like a Jorge Soler type of situation where you find the right type of team that utilizes him in a way that 
lets him be the type of the best version of himself as a hitter, like he could easily, I mean, he probably will go hit 40 home runs for another team at some point, but he could easily hit 50. Like he's got that power. Yeah. So, Yeah. Interesting that you bring up uh, Jorge Soler, who did get tendered a contract by the Royals, who is probably going to make about the same that Schwarber was this year. So kind of take that information uh, as you will. Um, There is some news that we can give here that just kind of came out two pieces of information first via Gordon Wittenmeyer, the three arbitration eligible eligible pitchers who they agreed to terms with today. Uh, Dan Winkler was 900 million. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, not 900 million, 900,000, <laughs> $900,000. Uh, Colin Ray was $702,500. And then um, Kyle Ryan on a split deal, 800,000 on the major league portion, 250 on the minor league portion. So there's your information there and then according to jesse rogers this is a jed hoyer quote on kyle schwarber it was a hard conversation i called kyle we'll definitely keep the door open we'll continue to talk about ways to bring him back we had a good conversation he's a legend no question about that so so like we like we theorized uh the fit is there with the cubs and schwarber to bring him back if they can make it work. Um, so essentially it's just the Cubs saying, Hey, we can't afford to pay you this money, but we can pay you this money. And if you agree, you can come back. So it really, it sounds like the ball will probably be in Schwarber's court on this. Yeah, it's true. I mean, exactly. Like, I mean, he's going to be able to kind of take that offer and go other places or listen to other offers. And if it's not quite what he's open for, maybe he'll come back to the Cubs and make a deal. But like, it will, the odds have to be super slim that he's coming back because if the Cubs had any real productive conversations, like there would have been a deal in place, even if they were non-tendering him and setting up a smaller deal, like th- that would have happened, you know, because it, it did with three other guys today. So I, uh, I'm, I'm not holding out hope, but th- th- there's a little bit of hope. I'm not stitious. I'm just, I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it's a situation where, you know, the, the Cubs talk to him, they explain to him the reality of the budget situation and how they're kind of handcuffed, um, which, you know, regardless, it, it is what it is. And yeah, maybe maybe they said, hey, you know, we're going to non-tender you. We're not going to trade you. Uh, we're not going to even for, you know, the non-trade value that he has uh, tell him, like, hey, we're, we're going to non-tender you so that you can go out on the open market and choose where you want to go and get the offer you want to get um but uh, here's our offer uh, if by you know whatever date uh, you want to set as a deadline if you uh still want to take this offer by this date you can take the offer but until then see what else you can get on the open market that would be the right way to handle that from the cubs perspective from yeah. Ed hoyer's perspective uh to do it right by him and i hope that's something similar to that scenario i hope i hope that's what they did yeah, they, he, he, he at the very least deserves that. So um, last question for you. What do you think about Kyle Schwarber in a White Sox uniform? I hate it. Thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. Uh, <laughs> I figured that'd be a quick conversation. Um, White Sox fans I saw like were like back and forth. Like a bunch of them were like, yeah, let's do it. He's he's better than Nomar Mazar. Let's get it done. It'd be awesome. And then other ones are like, what are we doing? No, no, no. And <laughs> Uh, speaking oh, of uh, speaking of rotation arms uh, and non-tenders, Carlos Rodon. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, 
he was non-tendered it. That was the guy I think every Cubs fan wanted in the two team draft. And then we got stuck with Schwarber, and here they are, same day, both getting non-tendered. Well, it's it's him, Schwarber, and also uh, Nomar Mazzara. Weren't they yeah. like picks like four, five, and six or something like that? They were. They all went in succession or relatively close to each other. I think they were yeah. three, four, and six or something like that. But yeah, something like that. Yeah, weird, weird day, man. I uh, I know Jed Hoyer leaving the door open for Kyle Schwarber is going to be the headline with a lot of these newspapers. But uh, unfortunately, Cubs fans, at least from my perspective, I don't. I don't think that's happening. I hope I'm hope I'm wrong. It'd be great to see Schwarber come back one more year, but at the same time too, if the Cubs can get a little more creative and different with this team, I think that's what the plan was all along. So if they oh, can boy. do that and do that, yeah, <laughs> that's what we were told. Who knows if that's what happened? What happens? But yeah, man, but, it, 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 if Schwarber's yeah. gone, it's going to be a bummer. Yeah, and they, and they did tell us that it was finally going to happen, and and um, not Schwarber specifically, but just the shaking up the team and actually making major moves. Um, they did tell us it was going to happen. And I don't know if we all believed it necessarily because we've been told so many times before, but yeah, uh, there's the first domino. That's, that's real big. I mean, you can argue Albert Almora is that as well um, because he was mm-hmm. playing a major role on this team. It's just, he wasn't doing it very well. Um, that's, <laughs> That's that's a situation that makes me feel bad because I like him personally. I feel like me too. I feel like he worked hard and he cared about what he did. Um, I think the situation, um, the game in Texas uh, with foul. Yeah, ball, man. I think I think there's something to the idea that he uh, really struggled hard after that. Um, I think that weighed heavily on him uh, emotionally. So that's that obviously is the most unfortunate aspect uh, was that foul ball that he hit the hit the little girl but um, for him i think this could be a great move to get him in a different environment talking to different coaches uh, who maybe have seen him struggling with the cubs and have better outside perspective on how to fix some of those issues which i think pretty much everyone knows at this point is breaking pitches he pretty much just hasn't ever been able to hit them. Um, so maybe somebody else can help him unlock that potential. Um, I remember on draft day, somebody saying that he could be the next Ryan Braun only as a, a gold glove center fielder. I don't think that was ever going to be possible, but yeah, what? <laughs> that's the, that's the thing I remember clinging to when he was drafted, because if you remember, that was pretty much the darkest time for the Cubs. Uh... That, that draft was Theo Epstein's first draft. It was in the middle of that, 100 loss 2012 season it was the first big prospect they were going to pick up uh and they drafted albert almora i remember being disappointed it was a high school kid because i'm like god that i was gonna say that was so (laughs) far away you know like oh man this guy's not going to be in the big leagues for four years and sure enough four years later he was in the big leagues yeah yeah that's that was my thought process too i was like well i guess this is going to be a while um (laughs) but it's uh regardless, I mean, these guys were key parts of a, a a very important Cub team and have been key parts of this Cubs team since 2015 and further. So, and for more 2016, I guess, and further. But um, it'll be weird to see these guys in different uniforms. Um, it'll be nice not to have to complain about them as much, but, you know. <laughs> we'll find new people were, to complain about. I was going to say, we'll find replacements relatively quickly. If there's one thing we'll, we're good at is complaining about dumb baseball. So, But, but never about Robert Stock. 
No, never Robert Stock. One of us. One <laughs> of us. <laughs> All right, Cubs fans. Well, once we get more news on this, we'll jump back on Ryan and I and maybe give, give you guys a better idea of where maybe we would like to see the Cubs divert their attention to for some of these DFA guys that have been let go and how free agencies could go about now. But for the moment, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's going to be a lot of move, movement, a lot of activity. We might see some guys signing smaller deals here and there in the next, the next few days. But, I mean, free agency is going to be real slow, real boring, and, and just <laughs> probably really depressing, unfortunately. <laughs> so stick around for more Lockdown Cubs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's too bad we'll we'll be we'll be here for you guys once the news breaks but there will be obviously we'll have an episode friday go through all this week and then uh kind of see what happens from there but today was the big news day and uh kyle schwarber albert amora no longer cubs at least for the moment all right cubs fans that'll do it here for today's episode of lockdown cubs make sure you're subscribed in whatever podcast app you use whether it's google apple spotify tune app or if you listen to your podcast subscribe leave a five-star review make sure you tell your car when you get in to your car tell your smart device to listen to the latest episode of locked on cubs by telling it podcast locked on cubs get all the great content and then make sure you follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Cubs. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Q. Davis. But with that, you guys enjoy the rest of your day. And as always, go Cubs. <laughs>